Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Why does making friends as an adult feel so what hard? What should I wear on a first date? What the date? hell is a formal? But that hookup was not good. So what do I want my life to look like in five years? We, we want to know too. Since 2012, the Every Girl has been an online destination to help women around the world achieve the life of their dreams. Now we're excited to bring you the same inspiring content with the Every Girl Podcast. Is it just me and my Instagram feed? Or is every human being and their mother getting engaged right now or getting married? I swear to God, it's like everybody decided post-COVID to get engaged and get married. And I'm stressed out and I'm not even engaged, you guys. It is a lot. I have so many friends in the past couple of years who are getting either engaged or married. So I know that this is a topic that personally I've seen so many people dealing with. And a lot of people that are stressed out, they don't know how to plan a bachelorette party or how to start the wedding planning. I mean, it's a lot. Like It's a lot of pressure for something that's supposed to be really fun and enjoyable. It comes down to a lot of stress. So I really wanted to get together and have a conversation with my coworkers who either just got married, are engaged, or about to be engaged to talk about this because I think that there needs to be a lot of light shed on the subject So my coworkers actually had really great advice, but I also wanted to get out of this conversation for you guys to feel like you're not alone and to shed light on those topics that maybe we don't talk about, even you might not talk about with your friends. So whether it is like the financial obligations of a bachelorette party to stresses in the wedding planning process and what to avoid, or even kind of starting at the beginning of whether or not you want to be involved in the engagement process, what's normal, what's not normal. I just wanted to have a conversation to shed light on a lot of these subjects that can feel stressful and overwhelming for a lot of people out there. So whether you are a bridesmaid like I am and feeling spread thin by a lot of different weddings from a lot of different friends right now, or whether you're a bride that wants to have your perfect day, of course, as you deserve, but it is so crazy stressful and no one prepared you for the anxiety that comes with it. And I swear to God, every bride should be in therapy. That's just a side note, but it's really stressful and it's a lot. And so I wanted to shed light on it and to make you feel like you're not alone out there. So I thought this was a really fun conversation. There was a lot of really good advice too. I think you're going to really enjoy it. So come join us for our wedding themed happy hour conversation all about the entire engagement process. And then we get into some wedding planning tips as well. So please welcome my coworkers, Ashley, Haley, and Kira to the Every Girl Podcast. And let's dive into the fun happy hour conversation. Welcome back to the Every Girl Podcast. I am with my friends, Haley, Ashley, and Kira. It's so fun to be recording with you guys. This is so exciting. We're so excited to be here. Okay, so to get started, I want all of you to go around and share just a little bit. Ashley's been on before, so for those of you listening, you might have heard Ashley's episode. Haley and Kira are brand new to the podcast, which is very exciting. So let's all go around and share 
your name, maybe share like where you're located, your position at the Every Girl, and then like the status of your relationship because we have a few different varieties throughout. So Haley, do you want to go ahead and start? Sure. My name is Haley. I'm the assistant editor at the Every Girl and I live in Buffalo, New York with my now fiance. We are getting married in September. Yay. So soon. It's going to come up before you know it, which I know everybody keeps saying to you. Okay, Ashley. All right. Um, I'm Ashley. I am the brand partnerships manager at the Every Girl Media Group. I am based in Chicago, Illinois, and my boyfriend and I have been dating for on and off for like eight years, but we are getting ready to make the next step. We already live together, but we just looked at rings a couple weeks ago. So that is where we are at. Which I cannot wait for you to share the story and like talk about because I think it's fascinating. Okay. And Kira. Yes. Hi, I'm Kira. I'm the senior graphic designer for the Every Girl Media Group. I'm based out of Mission Viejo, California, and I have been married for a year now. So we just had a wedding and it was amazing. I love it. We have so much like weddings on our teams right now. Like obviously so many people are engaged. So many people got married a year ago. So I am so happy to have you guys because I wanted that like variety of like a different phases of the process because you all can share your different stories, levels of expertise. So I think it'll be so interesting. I also want to go around and for everybody to share how they met their significant other just for a little fun, little spice. Haley, how did you and your significant other meet? It's a little bit of a funny story. I was like the perfect like summer loving romance, quote unquote kind of thing. I was hanging out with a girlfriend and I was like, I like want someone to spend the summer with, have a little bit of fun with. And I asked her, I was like, Hey, do you know any like hot single guys? And she was like, you know what I do. So she set us up on a blind date and we went kayaking and we were like attached at the hip from there on out. But it was like such a random, like, I thought she was going to be like, yeah, sorry. Like, I don't know anyone. And immediately she set us up and it was perfect. Love at first sight. I love when that happens when it's like the blind date turned soulmates. That's classic rom-com. And I also, Haley, not to put you on the spot, but I really want you to share the story of your guys' like trajectory in your relationship because Haley just told me last week and I was like, what? This is like so cool. It's like such a sweet, like romantic stories. Oh gosh. It's a, it's a little crazy thinking back on it. I'm like, what were we thinking? But <laughs> we were set up on a blind date in, it was like June, summertime. And we, uh, like I said, were attached to the hip for like two months. And my fiance, DJ said, he was like, I'm going off to school. He was going off to like a trade school for like 18 weeks or whatever it was. So he was going to Georgia. We lived in Buffalo. So we were long distance for like four months. And then at the end of the year, so we were together for six months and he was like, I'm getting a job in Colorado. Like, are you going to come with me or no? So we both moved to Colorado, knowing each other six months, which is crazy. Like moved in together, like hardly knew each other. We're long distance for the majority of like how long we knew each other. And then we lived there for four years. And then we moved back to Buffalo where we're from, bought a house, got engaged. So it was kind of like, a whirlwind. And when I think on it, I'm like, wow, that could have gone terribly. Like that could have <laughs> a very bad really bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, I mean, we, we were really lucky. 
It's so funny because that is so the kind of thing where if it was like your daughter, you'd be like, what are you doing? But if it's like works out, which it did for you guys and you're like engaged and it's lo- love your life, that is like the cutest story because it's like you just knew. Absolutely. You're like this, you're the success story that people are like, well, it worked out for them. So <laughs> I know. Totally. People every, they, everywhere, Haley are like, well, if Haley did it, I can. It'll work <laughs> out for me. You're not the cautionary tale. Truly. But I mean, it really is like, I felt in my gut that I was like, no, this is the right decision. There was just like no other, I didn't see it happening any other way. So follow your gut, I guess is what I would say. It's a cool example of following your gut with with caution. Yeah, listen, you had plans. It's not like you were like, you know, you had a good idea of what you were doing. You had a good head on your shoulders to figure it out. You're scrappy. Yeah. Okay, Ashley, I know you were, you're almost kind of like the opposite in that you guys have had a much longer course of getting together. So tell us how you met Cam. Yeah, so Cam and I met at college. Um, We went to the University of Michigan. I was on the dance team. And then a friend of mine was dating a guy on the wrestling team and Cam was on the wrestling team. So we met through mutual friends. We started dating when we were 18 We dated for four years and then had kind of a really rough breakup. It was like he was my first love and like also my first heartbreak. And it was terrible. Um, (laughs) But the only regret that I have with my relationship with Cam is that we kept getting back together a little too early. So getting back together and then like after like four months. And we never just really gave ourselves the chance to grow and become different people until the last time that we broke up, which was during COVID. And that was pretty much for the full year. During that time, we both dated other people. And I thought like when we broke broke up that I was like, oh, he has so much growing to do. I didn't even realize how much growing I had to do and how much I needed to experience. So then like when we got back together, it's like a completely different relationship. Like I look back on the relationship that we had and I look at it very fondly, but it was very young. Like the relationship that we're in now feels like a lot more mature and like we're actively choosing each other and didn't just like fall into a situation where we're like, oh, this is good. So yeah, we now live in Chicago in one bedroom apartment with our three cats. When we were broken up, I got a breakup cat and then he got two. So now that we're back together, we have a household of three cats, which is absolutely insane. I'm not even a cat person. Like, I don't know how this is my life. But yeah, that's our little family. The fact that both of you thought, let me get a breakup cat, like that would never cross my mind. I think that's just like, you guys must be soulmates. Who else is going to go get a breakup cat? Fair. But you know what? Part of that is because he was so into cats. So I I think subconsciously, I was like, this will win him back. Like, I don't oh, know. Oh, <laughs> intrigue. You are a self-aware queen that you're like, I realized how much I needed to grow too. And you guys are, are like Haley. That's another good example of like, it just, if it's meant to be, will be, which sounds so freaking stupid, but it's true. Like you, you broke up because you know, we, it is not our time trusting, or I don't know if you felt that way at the time, but like it obviously ended up working out. You didn't need to be like holding each other and like clutching so that they can't let go. You were able to let each other go so that you can end up as the people you're meant to be and then end up together. Yeah. And I just didn't like, because Cam was my first relationship, 
I don't know. I was kind of like walking on eggshells all the time because I was like, I didn't want to lose what we had. I didn't want to mess anything up. I didn't want to ruffle any feathers. And it's like, at some point you lose sight of yourself because you're not advocating for yourself. And then, so I think the most recent time that we've gotten back together, so we've been back together now since 20, December of 2020, but I am just like so much more sure in myself and have proven to myself that like, if I speak up and I disagree or whatever, he's not going anywhere, you know? And like, I think I just saw relationships as so fragile back then. And now I'm like, I just have a stronger sense of self. So it's definitely a lot more stable. (laughs) (laughs) Stable. Well, there's a lot to be said of the, of confidence and like self-assuredness that you almost like have to believe I will be fine with or without this person. Like, of course you want to be with this person, but I think that's what separates from at least my experience, a more like adult. I mean, this is so like not, I mean, I have been with my boyfriend since I was 21, so it's not that adult, but like the difference of that in my high school relationships were that I had a stronger sense of, I love this person. I want to be with them, but I don't need to be, you know, I will be okay either way. Yeah. That was a huge, once I flipped that switch in my brain, everything changed. So yeah, that's a good point. I love it. We're all for maturing. All right, Kira, what about you? (laughs) That was so interesting to listen to. I'd never heard some of that, Ashley. So that oh, was... yeah. It's a, it's honestly, there was so much back and forth that I'm like, usually I'm just like, yeah, we've been together for eight years. <laughs> I know that's I a know. hard like story to explain every time someone asks how you met. That was a great summary. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the spark notes. Yeah. I knew about the cats, but beyond the cats, I didn't know. <laughs> didn't know everybody, everybody knows about Ashley's cats. It's like your number one thing <laughs> to talk about. You can't escape them. You can't escape them. <laughs> For sure. So Callum and I met in college. Um, We met our freshman year of college. So 2016. And we actually met at a party, which is funny because I went to a pretty religious school. And so it was like, kind of like, ooh, you're meeting at a party, bad people, but not really. Um, (laughs) And um, I saw him across the room and I heard him talk and he's an exchange student from England. And so I heard him talk. It was a British accent. And I was like, who is that? I need to know. (laughs) So I um, approached him, which is very out of my nature. I'm very (laughs) shy. and That is shocking, Kira, that you approached him. Like, you get it. I know. I know. Everybody says that. And it's very accurate because it does not make sense for me. But I approached him and we like looked at each other. And I know it's cheesy to say, but I kind of just knew right away. Like he started talking and it wasn't just the accent, like everything he was saying. I was like, you're so different from anyone I've ever met. (laughs) And um, we hung out all night, like through the whole entire night. um, And we just fell in love and we never looked back. Oh my God, that was beautiful. (laughs) So you guys talked a lot that night. And then did he ask you on a date after? Did you just like, did you, how, like, what were the next steps before like happily ever after? Yeah. um, So I saw him on campus the next day and I was like, oh my gosh, that's the boy I like was telling my friends about. And they were all with me and he was with his friends. We made eye contact again. And I was like, oh no, what do I do? I don't have the courage that I had last night. (laughs) The the liquid courage, I should say, that I had last night. So I don't know what to do. And then he walked over to me and he was like, I had so much fun. 
can I get your number? And I was like, yes, praise. Oh, so. <laughs> number the night before, I feel like I would have went to bed and been like, no, <laughs> I think he had, but I think it was more of just like a, again, can I get, I don't know. We were so awkward. <laughs> so I'm sure he did get it. It feels so long ago now. Then we hung out for a couple of weeks and then he asked me to be his girlfriend. And I was like, Yes. And then I blabbered probably two weeks later. I love you. <laughs> so, oh, yes. Two weeks later, another, what do you know? Probably. You know, yeah, you know. yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it was two weeks. I say that and now I'm like, hmm, maybe it was a little bit longer, but we were so obsessed <laughs> with each other. Not that we still aren't, but obviously now we're married. We're in a different phase of life, but it was definitely like a young love infatuation type of situation at first. Oh my God, that's so sweet. We got engaged after five years. We were on a little bit of a a time crunch with his, what's called OPT, which is an extension of the visa he was on. Um, so we kind of had to make a quick decision if we wanted to go to England or if we wanted to stay in the States. Um, the decision was never like, are we going to get married? Are we going to stay together? It was like pretty obvious from the beginning that we were fine. We're So we decided to stay in the States. I want to start at the beginning of the process now that we're going to dive into all things weddings and engagement today. So I know Ashley already touched on it. I want to start with you guys looking at rings prior to getting engaged, because I think this is very interesting. It's something I'm hearing more and more people are doing. Why did you guys decide to do that? And how do you feel about it? How did that come about? Yeah, so I feel like the older I get, the less I care about the spontaneity. Like I know more and I want more control, especially with something that expensive. So I really wanted to be a part of the process. I think I've changed. Like if if this was like a couple years ago, I probably would have been like, I want to be surprised. And now I'm like just thinking a little bit more logically that I'm like, it's kind of expensive and it's going to be on my finger forever. So I, I want to have a little bit of a say of what it's going to look like or whatever. So we decided to go ring shopping a couple weeks ago. We ended up going somewhere that was like lab diamonds only, um, but we learned a lot about them. I got to see like the different shapes on my finger. I ended up leaning towards the shapes that I saved to my Pinterest boards, but it was good to see that I did actually like it. And he learned a lot about what I liked. So what I ended up doing was like, kind of giving him some variations that I like of the same shape so that it can still feel like he is like adding to the decision and that it's like more of a shared decision. But at the end of the day, I did kind of give him some guidelines. (laughs) So I'm leaning towards oval because I'm basic, um, but I just love the way that it looks. But yeah, it was so much fun. We made like an entire day of it. And I think we are going to lean towards lab after what we learned, but we'll see. I've heard a lot about lab being the way to go. Like a lot of people say that. Not an expert, but this is what I've learned and what I've gathered from my small amount of research. They are less expensive than a diamond, but the way that diamonds are sourced are pretty unethical. Like, I don't know exactly how that works, but like blood diamonds and whatever. So they're more expensive because they're more rare and they're very difficult to get. Whereas in the lab, they can create the conditions to make a diamond. So it is still a diamond. It's not like a fake diamond. It's a diamond. It's just not as unethical. 
yeah, <laughs> and it's, it's not as ethically sourced. I yeah. Hear. So I think some people do prefer diamonds for the rarity of them. And I do think that they don't lose value over time like a lab one does from what I understand. However, if I'm thinking about this ring as like resale value, I don't really care about that. And I I don't know if that makes me dumb to say, but like even in a situation where things went south, I would never sell it. I don't think. I would still want to keep it or pass it down. So if resale is the only thing that is a benefit of one versus the other, I don't think that's like as important to me. So at this point, I'm like, I'd rather get something a little bit bigger and what I like for a little bit cheaper. So I'm not, I'm not that picky about it. So I think he's leaning towards it now that I express that I don't really care. <laughs> like I would never think to think about the resale value, but that's probably true is like for everybody to figure out what is important to them because that might be something that smart adults think about is like, what happens if I need to resell this? So that's a good way to like think about it. That's maybe like the less romantic side, but still super important for people to think about. And I, I mean, I'm with you. I'm like, give me as big as you could possibly fucking fit on my finger. Yeah. Like just make it ginormous. So I, yeah. I'm like, if a lab's going to get me there better, like then right. I'm, yeah. and, and more ethically, <laughs> can't forget about that part. We like that too. Yeah, I'm just ethical. It's not yeah, ethical. it's like an ethical <laughs> decision. Um, right. Thank you. No, that's so interesting. So, did you guys discuss like, okay, we're ready to get engaged this year? And I know that you don't know when the proposal is going to happen, but like that, like th- how did the conversation start? And like, give me all that behind the scenes. Yeah. So we moved in together. Uh, his lease ended as we were getting back together, like March of 2021. And I had my lease and my old apartment until December. So he moved into that apartment with me. And then we both moved to this current apartment in 2022. So, I mean, people are always asking because we live together. Like, oh, when's it coming? When's it happening? And I think it is a given that it will happen. But for us, it was also kind of like you know, we know it's going to happen. What's the rush? Like, let's save up a little bit of money. A lot of my other friends are getting married right now, like truly like three a year for the last three years. So it's just been kind of a lot. So I'm kind of just like, I'd rather wait a little bit where we have a little bit more money in the bank and also a little bit more time to dedicate to it. So yeah, I feel like for us, it is just, it was like a natural next step. And we knew it's going to be like within the next like year. So once we kind of determined it was going to be within the next year, I was like, all right, let's just get this done. But I think it was also a good like reset for us of like getting us excited for that next step because we do live together. So it is like very, very easy to fall into a routine and be like, well, what's the difference? You know, we're kind of like already, we're already like coexisting and like, you know, it feels sometimes like we're married and it feels kind of silly to be like my boyfriend when it's like, I see him so differently. <laughs> like he's more than that. But yeah, I think it was just like a good fun reset for us to like get excited about next steps, even if they're not happening tomorrow. No, that is kind of a fun, like, Ooh, like things are happening. Things are coming. Like it's not just kind of the routine. Cause it, it totally is easy when you live together to fall into like, okay, this is life because you're already kind of doing the married life together. So that's, I think a good way to keep that excitement going. So Kieran Haley, what about you guys? Were you involved in the process prior to proposal? Like 
did you have any ideas on rings or was it all up to your fiance's? Like, tell me what your thoughts are. I think it was a little bit of a mix of both with DJ and I. He knew what I wanted. I mean, I surely showed him plenty of photos. I'm not even, I wasn't even like very subtle about it. I was like, this is what I like. This This is is the style. Yeah. I was like, I showed him multiple pictures and to me, they were all a little bit different, but he was like, these are all the same. Like I know. (laughs) Boys are so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) So he ended up going to a couple of appointments that I like to like jewelers just to learn more and to kind of get an idea kind of similar to what you did, Ashley. And I didn't go with him. Like I knew that that's what he was doing that day but I wasn't involved in like the actual choosing of the ring itself because he was like, do you trust me? Like, I know exactly what you want. Like, trust me, you've been showing me for years. <laughs> but he, It's like, I've seen the Pinterest did. board. I get it. Yep. So he went ahead and he picked one out and designed one with like a jeweler here in Buffalo, which I thought was even more special than like just buying the link that I would like send him. So I was, I knew it was happening. Like I knew that he was going and picking it out. I just didn't know when. And I had an idea of what it would look like because it was like copy and paste of what I always wanted. <laughs> I love it. That's so smart. What about you, Kira? So I actually inherited my center stone from my grandma when she passed away. And so I kind of, oh my God, I know I feel very fortunate <laughs> to have had that. And so did Callum. And probably the reason why we were able to get engaged so young is because you didn't have to worry about really the massive price tag behind a ring that most people do have to worry about. Um, but um, after he had asked my dad, he asked for the diamond that I inherited. And he actually asked my dad, where he got my mom's ring and he ended up going to the same jeweler and I didn't really have any of the I didn't I wasn't really involved at all I knew he was going to ask (laughs) I know it's actually really cute he something about Callum is he just like will get it done whatever is in front of him he just like accomplishes it and so I think when we decided together like we're ready for marriage we were engaged I believe two months later, which is wild. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so he picked out almost everything. I've always known what center stone it would be because of obviously it's inherited. So I knew it was going to be a circle, but beyond that, I honestly didn't really know what I wanted. And so I kind of just let him do whatever. Not that I'm in charge of him, but he, he totally picked out all of it himself and obviously I love it, but it means a lot to me that it came from, you know, his heart and that someone made it that is trusted by my family. Yeah, that's so sweet. And it, there's like a cute, wonderful, meaningful story behind it, which is so cool. Yeah. We literally have like all three different. Like, I know, fascinating. I'm like, I want full control. I want to know what it looks like. <laughs> so beautiful. The variety, you guys. I don't trust that man. (laughs) That's why I, it really is amazing me because I feel the same where I'm like, like I am the worst because I want it to be a surprise, but I'm also like, if that thing is not the absolute most perfect ring that I have ever seen in my life, I'm not going to wear it. That sounds so bad, but that's something that you are going to wear your whole life. Like 
I'm so picky. I don't even like a shirt for more than a week. Like what? Do, I, I just don't understand how I'm going to like a ring for that long. So it is interesting to see the variety. This is like an anecdote. The audience will not be able to see this, but this is exactly what I mean when I say I love this man. He tries, but like he put up these pictures today. I don't oh know if you God, can see. Oh my God, those above the bed? Wait, they look really good. <laughs> They're not even centered. So I'm like, he can't be trusted. <laughs> he thinks he's got an eye. And I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> what's up here? No, when I say that boys are not taught like aesthetics, like how do you know yeah, so little? Right. Joey will be like, does this black shirt look good with my navy pants? I'm like, no, Joey, it doesn't. Like how do boys right. not know? It's it's like just the aesthetic, like just learn style. I don't know. It's not, the, go on Pinterest for like two days and you'll just like figure it out. They need a lot of guidelines. Yes. Callum sounds like he's, he's got it. He's got it going on. Yeah. It's because he's like with with the British thing. Yeah. I was going to say with the British thing, he probably has good style. He does. Yeah. He knows like what looks good. I think better than me, honestly. Like he's like, Kira, I don't, I'm not sure if that goes together. I'm like, (laughs) why? (laughs) I'm a graphic designer. I can do the colors. Leave me alone. It looks fine. (laughs) That's so true for you being so artistically talented. For him to be the more stylish one or have like the eye better, like good for him. Go Callum. Honestly, dream man. British has good style. You don't need much else. Sweet, yeah. nice. A man with, with taste. A love man it. with taste. Honestly, rare breed. We love to see it. Okay. So now that we have the engagements, um, I want to talk about bridal party because this is one that a lot of people are dealing with, going through, whether they are the ones getting married or whether they have been the bridesmaid or maid of honor. So I want to hear about your guys' experience. And Ashley, I know you've been the maid of honor. You've been the bridesmaid. But so what were your guys' like experience? Like the first thing I want to know is like when you're choosing a bridal party, is there drama of like who you pick, who you don't pick? Like do people have says in what dress they want? Like what is that experience like for someone planning the wedding being the bride? Sorry. I don't know why this is so funny to me. Thinking about it now that it's done, it's like, oh my God, why did I care so much? But when I was in the process, I was like, it's like everything. I don't understand why people, yeah, like, why won't people listen to me? It's such an interesting process. I feel like there can be so much drama. It depends on your group of people and who you choose. I specifically didn't include certain people because I knew it might cause drama and like assign certain people certain roles. But I'm a pretty go with the flow type of person. And so I let all of my bridesmaids choose what color within the color palette I had they wanted to wear and they got to choose their dress completely. So I didn't really like dictate what they could and couldn't wear. They all sent it to me beforehand, but and I was like, that looks great, whatever. But I wasn't too particular. And I think it helped because everybody felt really comfortable on the day, which was the most important thing to me because I knew if people weren't comfortable, I would pick up on it and then I would feel bad or awkward or uncomfortable that they're uncomfortable. So I think it worked out well, but I know that's not for everyone um, because... That's true though. That's a good point about like their comfort level is actually important to the vibe of the day. 
So that's true. What What about you, Haley? Because you are probably in the thick of things with your bridesmaids. Yes. How's that process for you? You know, I think the way I'm viewing a lot of things at the like with wedding planning is it's only as complicated as you make it. Like it's only love that. Don't make it harder than it needs to be. So we lucked out. We each have a brother and a sister. And I was very adamant from the beginning, like, let's just call it at that. Like we each have a brother and a sister. There's no like if fans or buts about it. Like no one is going to be upset. They were included. Like TJ has a whole bunch of friends. He would have like 10 people on his wedding part, like in his wedding party. And I might have like three or four, which it doesn't have to be even. But I was like, let's just make it easy. No hurt feelings, no drama, like brother, sister, brother, sister, done. So I'm very thankful that we're just keeping it at that simple, no drama. That is, that makes it so easy. Yeah, that's so smart, honestly, because everybody will be like, that makes sense. It's their brother and their sister. Like my sister had nine. I, From what I've counted from who I would have right now is nine. And I, which I feel like is fun, but then it complicates things. And like, so especially if the numbers work out, perfect. Like, I like it. Keep it simple. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you think about all the bridal events that happened beforehand. If we had, say, like nine or 10 people on each side, it's a lot more coordinating of everything. It's a lot more like planning and events for everybody to be at. And I'm like, let's just be make it easy on everyone, on us. And it's working out. I'm so glad we made that decision because it's working out to be like, no big deal. I just text my sister, his sister. This is the color. Pick any dress you want boys are doing whatever. I'm like, perfect. Wow. Easy, easy breezy. I love it. And then for your bachelorette, you, I know you were telling me that you're going to invite your friends. Yeah. Yep. So not necessarily like a part of the bridal party, but I definitely still want to spend like quality time with my girlfriends. So it'll still, it's not just going to be like a bridal party only kind of bachelorette thing. It'll be kind of anyone wants to be there or anyone I feel like inviting, I think it'll be big, much bigger. So I'm excited about that. It's like, no one has to be left out. I feel like easy and breezy is the way to do it. Yeah. Like nice and relaxed. I just saw a, um, TikTok or whatever that's like, and I just, it, I was like, this is so true of people that got engaged, like soon after college, like how different those bachelorette parties are from the bachelorette parties now when we're older. And I'm like, that's so true. Like my I was a maid of honor for my, one of my best friends who got married when we were 22. And it was like such a lovely Charleston bachelorette party. But it was like, I was like, I have no money. Like we're just putting this together. It's casual, like chugging, like cheap rosé, like cupcake or whatever that rosé is. And now it's like, let's go to Vegas and like have spa treatments. And like, and the bachelorette party I'm planning now, I'm like, we're going to have a spa day. There's going to be an at-home cook. There's going to be like all these very extravagant things, I think just because the expectation changes, which I think is also an interesting factor. Yeah. And you fill your time without it just being bar hopping the entire yes. time. Which Yeah. You can't is, drink as much as you did. Yeah. You can't. You basically can't do it. So yeah. <laughs> it is an interesting difference. I was just having this conversation with Emma, our lovely podcast assistant, because she's graduating college. She's 22. So she's never been on a bachelorette party. And she's like, the only thing I've seen from media is that it's like all this drama, like the people get in fights and that like, it's all this like stress and anxiety. 
And I'm like thinking of it, like if I were never to have gone on a bachelorette party before, I would be terrified because the way that you even see on like TikTok, it's like so extra, like the things people are doing is insane. And then the drama of it and like, it, it seems like a lot. So I think that that's a funny thing too, is that the expectations for what a bachelorette party looks like, like with the themes, with the activities, like it's become so extreme instead of just this like fun, let's all get together. And like, even like now even going on a trip is the expectation. Whereas like, I feel like three years ago, it wasn't necessarily a trip. You like got together for a fun night out and that was bachelorette, you know? So it's, it's wild how it's changed so much. Bachelorette culture is insane. I feel like if you're searching bachelorette inspo, you just get the most And I like wanted to deliver that for my friend because I'm like, she deserves it. But it's like, we just get stuck in this cycle of like, just being so extra. Like the itinerary that I made was literally like on Canva. It was like nine pages long. It was packaged as a VIP ticket because we did like a farewell tour. Like it was crazy. Now I'm like, it turned out beautifully. And and being extra with the details is helpful because it does cut down on like the drama of it. Like, we had assigned rooms. Like I figured all that ahead of time. I texted everybody, made sure they were okay sleeping in certain beds. That's a good tip. Yeah, because the rooms were assigned, like there was no like, ooh, who's sleeping with who? Oh, she got the better room. You know, it was kind of just like, me, 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 like you're doing this, you're doing that. And I don't know. So I think being extra on the details is helpful, but all of the other stuff is just truly extra additional supplementary. Like you don't need to be doing that. Um, but it does add a little bit of fun and flavor, I guess. Yeah. And I, I think you kind of feel like shit as the person planning it, if you don't go above and beyond and like put in a ton of money, because yeah. that's the expectation. Like that's what people see on TikTok all the time. So it feels like if it's not that, then you like half-assed it. And it, that kind of feels shitty too. Like you, of course you want to do the best for the, this person that you love. So what do you guys think is like, like, I even want to put a number on it because this is another question. One of my best friends is getting married right now and I'm planning her party and she has no idea like what's a normal to expect of bridesmaids because she's never been a bridesmaid before. So I'm curious if you guys, like, what do you think is fair in terms of what a bride expects of her bridesmaids in terms of both like energy and time and also money? My experience as being in a lot of weddings, it's different for every bride, depending on like what they're looking for. Like I've been in a, in my cousin's wedding and she like sent us a link to like, I think it's called a Zazzy. And it was like, pick whatever black dress you want. Like it was like 80 bucks. It wasn't anything crazy. Um, but the other, my best friend's wedding, the they're dresses are from Jenny U and they're $250 and she's pitching in $50 per dress to help get the cost down, which I thought was awesome. Um, but it's a different kind of wedding because it's like black tie. So I think a lot of like the type of wedding kind of dictates the finances of it. But as far as like support, if you're in somebody's wedding, I think it says a lot. And I think if they're like putting you on that pedestal, like you have to be emotionally prepared to be there to support. Like, I don't, I think it would suck if they end up standing next to somebody on their wedding day who hasn't been around for like the last eight months. So I think just at the bare minimum, maintaining your friendship is super important before the wedding. And also 
just like as dates get closer, just texting and being like, hey, is there anything I can help with? Usually the answer is no. But like knowing that they're supported and they can lean on their bridesmaids is really helpful. I think that's a really good point. And like, because I, I think for a lot of people, it does get easy to be like, oh my God, this is like such a time suck. I have so much going on. But to remember, is there like one day, like you can suck yeah. it up and like be there and think positively about it for a short period of time. So I think that's a good mindset. What do you guys think? On that note, if you feel like you do not have the emotional or financial capacity for what's going to be ahead to be self-aware enough to know to remove yourself from that situation so that there's not disappointment on the other end. I think it's okay to say no, but you need to do it early because I think doing that early is less disappointing than if you were to say you're committing to something and you're going to be there for somebody and then you're not because you don't have the capacity for it. And that's like totally fine because like the way bachelorette culture is and like what is expected of bridesmaids this day and age, it is, it feels like a lot. So you just have to know yourself and if you're going to be able to handle it and try to put yourself in the situation before you actually get there. Totally. That's a really good point too. I I think I would guess every bride out there, if they have a friend who just cannot financially handle it, if you say as soon as you possibly can, I'm so honored. I would love to stand up with you on your wedding day and support you however I can financially or time-wise. These are my limitations. And like, you're just up front. I can't imagine anyone would have a problem with that, especially if you're like, I want to be there for you. However I can. I love you so much. I'm honored that you want me to be a part of it. Financially, I can't swing it or like, these are my boundaries or this is what I can do. And like being as upfront as you can, I think is so much better because what I've seen with bachelorette parties that I've done and been in is like, people will get stressed after of like, oh my God, like, I can't believe that we have another dinner. I just spent all this money. And so I think to just be upfront as soon as you possibly can of like, these are my limits. Like, for example, like, okay, you guys are doing this dinner totally fine. I'm going to bring some things from home or I'm going to go to like in and out and grab a burger for that. No problem on my end. Don't feel bad about it. That's just my limitation and that's fine. So being upfront, I think is super important. I think it's important for the bride also to communicate with everyone when they ask them like what the expectations are, because there's so many different types of weddings and just like different expectations in general. And I think you know, when you ask someone to be your bridesmaid or maid of honor, obviously it's awkward to be like, and by the way, here's X, Y, Z that I want you to do. Like, that's weird. But I think it's worth, you know, having a conversation once you've asked someone with like, here are the things that I think would be really cool and ensuring that, you know, your relationship is mutual, that you, your, whoever it is wants to also do that. Because I think often what happens is people get so uncomfortable just talking about things openly. And then it kind of just spirals into like awkwardness. And like Ashley said, it's the most important day of the bride's life. And it's not worth, you know, not saying something and then something spirals and then you could possibly ruin a friendship or relationship. Absolutely. For sure. It's like the communication is so key and like as ahead of time as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even like as small as like, if you're going to dinner, talking as a group of like, okay, we're going to split the check evenly or like we here, everybody's paying for whatever they order. You're responsible for yourself. 
is super helpful because then everybody can enjoy the night and not stress about like, oh my God, they're ordering 15 shots for themselves. Like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to cover that, you know? And so things can just add up quick for sure. That's another, like when it's group dinners, that's something I've been in where like someone's ordering like the expensive champagne. And I'm like, I ordered the bare fucking minimum, like the cheapest beer possible for this reason, but then it, everybody's split, you know? So I, I think, yeah, being really mindful of how even like the little things, how you can give people options is super important. So that's true. Haley, have you ever been on a bachelor party yet that you've kind of had that experience of like the weirdness with splitting checks and things? Yes, absolutely. I went on my sister's bachelor party like two years ago now, and there was only a handful of us. There was like six of us, but it was still like the weird, like some people prefer to pay, like split it via Venmo. Some people want to use a certain app that splits it different ways and it can get very complicated. But I think when you are a bridesmaid, like it's such, at least I felt like it was such a blessing. It was so special to be included. And the way that my sister handled it was like, there was no, there was a lot of open communication There was no like obligation, like you have to do this, you have to do this. It was like, if you can, I would love you to be there. If you can't, no worries, like catch with the bridal shower, like I'll see you there, especially when you're traveling for these things. And there was some people that didn't end up going to her bachelorette party and were still in the wedding or vice versa and all that. And it was so like easy, but that was what the precedent was from the beginning was like, I want you to be a part of my day any way that you can be. That doesn't mean that you have to be at everything and also get me a shower gift and a wedding gift and this and that. Because I think if that's not brought up, it's like some people may worry that like being a bridesmaid is so special, but it's also a big like job at the same time. And that can be hard emotionally and financially and all of that. So it does, I think, come down to how the bride approaches it and like we've all been saying, like communication is just so important. And at the end of the day, like you're chosen to be a part of the group because like the bride loves you. Like you love the bride, like you're so happy for them. And that's the most important part. Not necessarily like how much you can contribute at dinner. You know, I think even if you communicate that, I don't think in my experience, at least it wasn't like, well, don't come to dinner then. <laughs> like it, right. I think it, it all works itself out if you're open and they're your friends, you know, they should like be understanding. And if you don't go, that's okay. Yeah. There should be a lot of optional things, whether it's like spa day on the schedule, but it's optional or, you know, you can choose to share a room with someone or get your, you know, like there should be a lot of options. And I think that's what makes bachelor party successful. I also, I have a hot take. I kind of think if, for people who want to do an international bachelorette party or something that's like very far for people to get to, like if everybody's on the East coast and they want to go to Napa Valley or something like that, I kind of feel like if the bride wants to do that, the bride should pay for maybe the stay and like just pay for the, like if they want to do a very long trip to expect that I think is a lot. So to like offer something, if that's really where you want to go and offer and pay for what you can or I don't know, like I would do that for my sisters. I, I did that where I covered some things, you know, because I just wanted it for my sister. So I don't know. I just, what do you guys think of that? Do you think there should be like rules on how, what certain people should pay for depending on where the bachelorette is? 
Yeah, I think it's definitely different for everyone. I will say with the recent Vegas one that I was on, the flights were absolutely atrocious. I ended up taking a train from Chicago to Michigan to take a flight from Michigan to Vegas and then back to Michigan and train back because it was cheaper because the flights were literally $800. And we were watching them for months and they just would not go down. And I think that sucked because it's like, it's not usually that high. And it just was, I think, because we went in March, there was like March madness and like, I don't know, probably some other stuff that we didn't even know about. But she did an amazing job and her mom of pitching in in a lot of places that at the end of the day, the amount that we spent was the same amount as if we were to go to Charleston or Nashville. Like it didn't, I didn't leave feeling like, oh God, I have to like go on bank account house arrest, you know, that I can't spend money for the next few months. And we were really lucky that like she didn't want to like inconvenience people, but that was the type of trip that she wanted to do for herself. So like she made adjustments so that it was more manageable for everyone else. Like in the morning, her mom got us room service, which was like 500 total for the, for everybody there. They cut off, like we paid two, 250 for the hotel. It was a little bit more than that, but like her mom covered the rest as like a gift to Macy. So I think there's a way to go about it. If like you're as the bride, like really are dead set on a trip, just being mindful of like your bridesmaids want to be able to show up for you. So like, don't make it impossible for them to be able to do that. Um, I know it's different for everyone, but that's what worked out for her and for us. It worked out well for us. Those are great examples of of like, I for sure am going to want a very extravagant bachelorette party. So like if you're know that and you want the location that you want, that's so great. But then being mindful of like, how much is this going to cost for the people that are nice enough and like want to support me and want to come? How can I make sure that it's still the same amount as, as maybe like a typical, which I mean, it's so hard to put a number on it, but I feel like people don't know. Like, do you guys think like spending a thousand total on stay food, flights, everything, does that feel astronomical or does that feel normal? I feel like that's a lot. Mm -hmm. If you think about like, everybody gets married at a different age, right? But like, if you think most bachelorette parties are twenties, early thirties, it's usually like the crazy group of the typical bachelorette that you see. And the way, like, I'm thinking about like my friends or bachelorette parties I've seen, I'm like thinking like, I'm paying off my student loans. And I like just bought a house. And it's like, this is the stage of life where people are doing a lot of things, like a lot of like just starting their career, like just getting momentum in their careers. And like $1,000 on one weekend is not feasible for a lot of people. And then there's the other wedding events, like the bridal shower gift and helping with the bridal shower. And then the wedding, the dress that you're wearing in this, and it ends up being like a $2,000 thing. I think that's unrealistic for at least where I'm from. Yeah, no, it definitely is. I'm just curious, like what's normal? Cause like when you think about flights, then a stay, then you typically are splitting decorations and then that's like, and then food and alcohol and all like it, it I'm like, what is normal? And like, obviously that's so hard to put it in a number, but I want to know like, what's an average number that people are expecting. Cause I'm thinking about like brides out there who are like, okay, great. I want to, you know, do the math and make sure that it's at a certain range that's feasible what's feasible? Like, how do we even know that? You know, cause I totally agree with you, Haley. Like it's like your twenties and thirties are very hard because everybody's at different place in their career. 
there's a lot of huge many things. Some people have kids and they can't spend a lot of money on things. You know, a lot of people are renovating a house or saving for a house or like there's all these different things going on, paying off student loans, like thousand different things. So it's, it's, it's hard to know. I don't know if you guys have tips going through it because I, I have no idea like what someone would expect. I feel pretty passionately about like not expecting anything from any bridesmaids or anyone (laughs) in your life. And so I like, I did like a one half a day thing at a spa and then we had a dinner at my house. Like I, which looks so beautiful, by the way, like that is a perfect example (laughs) of something to do that's low cost for people, but it's so special and meaningful. Yeah. I mean, I should shout out my sister. She like planned the whole thing. She did a ton of work on it. And like, I'm very grateful that she did all of that. But I was pretty adamant that like, I know the group that I'm with, I didn't want to pressure them in any way because, you know, Callum's sister was there. She had to come all the way from England. Like we had to accommodate that time frame, And I feel like it really just depends on the group. Like if your friends are like gung-ho on like, let's go do it. And like, that's your group of people are like, let's go across the world. And like, let's go have the most insane bachelorette. Like, go for it. My experience was very different because I am not that type of person. So I was like, I don't even want to spend two days together. That's a lot of time. I need my alone time. (laughs) Too much for me. Too much. Yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I didn't want to do that, but I, it's interesting to think about how there's all these different types of expectations and having been in weddings where it is closer to the other expectation it can be hard to swallow when if you're a frugal, frugal person and you are expected to just, you know, make it work because whatever the money value attached to the event is tied to, you know, emotion. It's, it's a weird topic. It's very tricky. And like finances are such an awkward thing. Like we don't talk about it in our culture. So it's super weird to have to say to a bride that you love and want to be there for, I'm sorry, but this is my limitations. Like that's an awkward thing. But I really do think everybody would be thoughtful of it and like respect and appreciate you being upfront and opening up as soon as you possibly can. So like going back to that communication piece, I think on the bride's end to be mindful of where you can help out, where you can give options. And then on the bridesmaids end to be as upfront as you can. And like, yeah, I just, I guess that's, I think communication's it. Unless, I mean, I don't know anything. <laughs> you guys that have no, done it, if you have any advice. I think because they're all bride people place dependent, you have to treat everyone with case by case basis and like set all of the guidelines and expectations at the start, both like from the bridesmaids end and the bride's end. I think that's like the best way to go about it. Because like I've been on bachelorettes that are, you know, the more expensive end of the spectrum, like Vegas, Miami, where I left and I spent like $1,200 total. And then I also last year when my friend Molly had her bachelorette in Pentwater, Michigan, her family had a house there. We kind of like, like all bunked up and like only spent a hundred bucks. Plus we drove from Chicago. So it was really inexpensive, but it was also a lot of work on her mom to be like hosting 20 people. So it's case by case, I guess. There's a wide range of things. So I think for people out there, if they want the more extravagant 
I think everybody deserves to have what they want and what they envision. But then that has to come with like the thought of where can I help out? Something else I've seen brides do is to say like your gift, your wedding gift and bride bridal shower gift is you getting here. Like is your plane ticket is so like, please do not get me another gift. Put that towards the bachelorette party. Like I've, I've seen brides do that. And I think that that's nice. So like, or like even being like, I'm going to like, I know that you came a really long distance. I'm going to pay for your bridesmaid dress, which I know is also hard because the bride is putting a lot of money into her wedding typically. So I don't know, guys, I'm stressed, but like, this is what I'm taking away from this. It's like, my God, I don't want to get married ever. (laughs) Another thing I was thinking on my friend's bachelorette recently was a lot of the times the guys will like on trips like that, will like do something special, like buy shots for the table. And then I'm like, I don't need a shot. What I need is like help with the hotel, you know? So like, like just Venmo me 20 bucks. Right. Right. So I feel like there are opportunities to like get creative with like gifting. Like if people are going to get you something for the bachelorette, put it towards maybe not alcohol because you can get that from the grocery store and it's not going to be $15 at or 20 bucks at like a restaurant and like put that towards groceries for the house or something. No, that's so true. Okay. This really became a whole episode about bachelorette parties, which I love I because I've heard so many people talk about it. But before we wrap up, I would love just to hear from you guys on the wedding planning process. And like, if you guys have any advice to leave for listeners who are going through it or are about to go through it, um, was there anything that you wish you did differently? Any stressors that you're having, Haley, especially you kind of now that you're in the midst of it? We actually planned three weddings. We had quite a crazy engagement. We got engaged right before COVID happened and we had planned an England wedding. Our date was June 11th, 2021. And COVID hit and we reached out to the venue and actually ended up losing majority of our budget because we were in a contract with them and had to cancel our wedding which was so unfortunate. And I hope that no one ever has to go through that. But I know a ton of people did have to go through that through COVID. So if you're a COVID bride, I'm sorry. But then we planned another wedding, April 10th, 2021, at an Airbnb to have more control over, you know, the contract work with like a more direct person. And um, they got a cease and desist and had to completely shut down. So we planned our third wedding. Oh my God. April 2nd, 2022, which was the date we actually got married, which I'm happy everything worked out. But we, I feel like my wedding planning journey was very unconventional, very stressful. It almost like took away from the wedding in a lot of ways because when it finally happened, it was like three years after we got engaged. It was like very like, well... We had to go through all this stuff to get here. It's like, obviously we had an amazing day, but there was a lot of weird emotion with it. And so I would say through that process, the one thing that made the biggest difference was the wedding planner we hired in between our England wedding and our first wedding that we planned in America. She was amazing. And yeah, I feel like the wedding planner fixed everything, handled everything because we had our second wedding canceled, I was a wreck and couldn't, I I just couldn't figure out what to do or how to tell people. And she just did it all. And it was like such, it was such a needed piece of the puzzle at the time because the whole process was so 
stressful and emotionally draining for both of us. And so having someone that could step in and just like handle everything and talk to people was very helpful. Oh, oh my God, Kira, that is so shitty. I'm so sorry. That was your process. Like that is so, I feel like planning one wedding is stressful, but having to go through so many hurdles, that's another thing. Like I, I I feel like a lot of like COVID brides felt that too. Like that there were just thing after thing after thing that just did not work out. So, so a, a planner you, in your opinion is very much worth it. I think if you are to spend good money on anything, it's the planner. And like, it's so hard because that's the one piece that you're not really going to like see, but it's the thing that makes everything else go smoothly. That makes your day extra special. Like obviously you're getting married. It's going to be an amazing day. There's so many things that you don't even think about that you shouldn't have to think about when you're getting married. Like, for example, like what if your florist just doesn't show up or someone gets in a car accident? Like you don't want to be the person that's like, okay, what do we do now? Like, that's not what you want to worry about on your wedding day. And so I feel like having a planner, in my opinion, was the most cost-effective just because of the peace of mind that you get with it. I feel like it's kind of like the, you don't know what you don't know thing too, of like that they just kind of help. They know exactly what's going to happen, but I see how that's hard for people. Cause they're like, well, it's the one thing that I can probably do on my own is I can find the, the vendors and put this all together. But then there is a lot of that of like, you don't even know what you're going to run into. So I can see how important that is. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people like assume that you have to hire a planner to do the whole process, but you can still like do that, those pieces yourself and just hire a day of coordinator. Um, They won't know as much as someone that was involved in the whole process, but I would just say it's, that was the best thing to ever happen was just having someone in your corner that can be kind of aggressive for you and negotiate for you. And yeah. How did you find your wedding planner? It's actually a funny story. So I used to work at a wedding PR firm and they, in between my England wedding and my first US wedding, the CEO there, who's wonderful, she, I was like, I don't know what to do. And she has all these connections and she so gracefully connected me with um, someone I had worked with as well, but one of her friends. And so I felt like I could trust her, but yeah, that's how I got connected with her. And then I was like, okay, please handle this because I'm over it at this point. I don't know what to do. I don't, I I just don't know what to have. And at that point, since you had like been through the trauma, it's kind of just like, you're my super nanny. Thank you so much. Like, (laughs) I only appreciate it so much more than if you were to start with it because of, you know, you knew what it was like on the other end to not have it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I would do anything for her now just because of what she did for us in the process and just like allowed us to heal so that we were ready to get married and we weren't freaking out. So yeah, absolutely. And feeling like someone has your back. That's like not your mom or your sister or like, like that they're just there to have your back. Yeah, absolutely. And deal with vendors, which is a whole nother thing. We got burned multiple times by different vendors. I would just say, do your research. (laughs) It's just, there are a lot of really amazing wedding vendors, but there are also people that are only interested in making money. And it's such an emotional day for you as a couple. And like 
like to have someone that doesn't understand like if things shift, if life happens, if you need to push things back. Yeah, I would just say like vet your vendors well. I don't know. That's good advice. That that is because I think it's like a lot of people don't know that they have to do that. You know, they go in thinking like, oh, I can trust, you know, this looks like they have got a website. And so to like really look into the process is good, good advice. Haley, what about you? What are your biggest stressors right now as we're getting closer to your September wedding? It's so funny because everybody keeps asking me if I'm stressed. And to be honest, I'm really not. And I'm starting to worry. I'm starting to get stressed about not being stressed. Getting stressed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, should I be? I don't know. But one of the things that we did in the very beginning was spend a lot of time looking at venues and picking vendors that... We never know what's going to happen. We hope that they are as trustworthy as we think that they are now, but we spend a lot of time sourcing vendors and like picking out who our team was going to be for the day between the photographer and the DJ and all of these things. And it made me feel really good because I tried to stay out of all of the suggestions and the Google and all of these like these resources that are so wonderful for a lot of brides, but can be very overwhelming when you're just getting started. So I did a deep dive on kind of the vendors that I had heard of and contacted them directly and had like full conversations, phone calls and the whole thing. I spent a lot of time choosing them. And now I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing next. Cause they're like, yes, we're taking care of everything. So I'm like, okay, when do you need me to start doing something? So like I. I'm kind of at a standstill right now because I'm like, I don't know what to do next. But in the meantime, I'm trying not to get lost in all of the trends and like watching everybody else's. I know a lot of people getting married this year and a lot of people last year. And there's so many ideas and so many things that you can do. And trying to like stay true to my initial vision is a challenge within all of that because there is, you can get lost so quickly. And it comes back to what I was saying before is like, it really only is as hard as you make it out to be. Stay true to what you want and pick the vendors that'll help you get there. And it shouldn't be, it's supposed to be enjoyable and fun and not like an entire year of being a stress ball, quote unquote, bridezilla situation. And I think One of the things that is keeping me sane as well is because there is a big stress, no matter how you look at it, when it comes to like finances or like the big decisions, like picking the food and picking the venue and all that, my fiance and I have been making an effort to like plan little like coffee dates where we talk about the wedding or like kind of like romanticizing the more mundane tasks so it doesn't feel as overwhelming or as big of a job because we are excited. But when you talk about it night and day, or it's like this looming decisions that you have to make, it can become not enjoyable anymore. So staying mindful of that throughout the process is I think at least so far been really important for us. I love that. Yeah. Those are such good tips. It's been really helpful and fun. And it's like, it gets you like excited. It keeps you excited throughout everything. And I'm I'm lucky that my fiance wants to be involved because I'm the kind of gal that's like, 
I'm like, well, what do you think? What do you want? What do you? (laughs) So like, I know what I want, but I also don't want it to be like, oh, it's Haley's day. Like I want it to be something that he's excited about too. So there's certain things that like I've been doing like just with myself and my mom, like he doesn't necessarily want to go to the floral appointments, but like he wants to talk about like, oh, the craft cocktails he wants to pick out and maybe like what the groomsmen are wearing or those things that are special and relating to him. I want him to be like very much involved in and I'm grateful that he wants to be there as well. So I'm lucky because I know a lot of grooms or a lot of like my girlfriends, they're like, oh yeah, like he's surprised when he got there. Like he showed up and he was like, wow, you did such a good job. And I don't want that to be Yeah, good work. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. That was the other thing that if we had more time, I wanted to talk to you guys about. But I think that that's a really good tip in like remembering that it's supposed to be a good thing. Because I think it, it gets so easy to be like, why are we even doing this? Like, it's so stressful. And, and it's almost like people expect that now that like wedding planning is supposed to be awful. It's not like you can do a lot to make it feel good. So I love that tip to romanticize the planning and to set dates together where you go to a coffee shop and like, and it's a fun thing instead of, okay, it's been a long day. We got to make these decisions on the damn tablecloths. And like, I think remembering that it's supposed to be a fun thing and an enjoyable process. I think that's so important to romanticize it. So I really love that. And I also love what you were saying before about the, like having kind of like the vendors and setting the venue ahead of time and then not getting so caught up in what everybody else is doing. Cause I think that's another common thing I see a lot is like, it's so easy to play the comparison game, especially at this time of our lives where a lot of people, you know, are getting married. And then it's like, well, they had a really cool champagne tower. I want a champagne tower. They have a flower wall. I want a flower wall. Like I saw this cool TikTok about how everybody was doing like this specific table setting. And so now like, it's so easy to spiral. So I think being really intentional about like, this is my dream. This is my vision. We don't have to overcomplicate it more. It does not need to be like, it's got to be the most perfect thing I've ever seen on Pinterest for it to be a good wedding. It just has to be what your vision is. And so staying true to that, I think is a very important tip that probably a lot of people need to hear. So I love that, Haley. I agree. Intentional and decisive. Don't second guess yourself. Like go with your gut and it'll be perfect. I love it. Such good tips. Ashley, any last thoughts on being a bridesmaid too? Like anything else that you've seen or that you feel like you're going to have for your wedding? I mean, it's the same thing of like, because I'm going to so many weddings, I kind of have, you know, that sensation when you get to the end of checkout at Sephora and you start looking at all the minis as you're like about to check (laughs) out. Like, I feel like I have an idea of what I want. And then I go to a wedding and I'm like, Oh, I like that. I like that. And it, it really is, you know, finding that balance between staying true to like what you actually want and not feeling like there's shiny pennies everywhere. Um, cause I feel like that is going to be something I'm going to struggle with is like, narrowing down what I actually like, because like from bachelorette to shower, to ceremony, to reception, I am all across the board. So I have some more vision board planning to do on my end. TikTok has made that very difficult because I like, I had a Pinterest board when I was in high school of like weddings. Like now it's like Mason jars and embarrassing things like that. I like that's so out of trend, but I haven't like thought that much about it since. But now with TikTok, 
now I have a whole saved little folder on TikTok of all, I'm like, that's cute. I want to remember that for my wedding. And so now I'm like, this is going to be worse because now I'm going to be like, there was 10,000 different ideas. That is just right. not possible. So I, I don't know. I'm like, maybe we should all delete TikTok for like a good three months before we get engaged and like, just keep it off till the wedding. Like have whatever right. inspiration you need and then just stay off people. Stay off. Yeah. Right. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a blessing and a curse to have all of the ideas, but you really have to limit yourself. Like if I'm laying in bed at night and I'm just scrolling bridal TikTok for hours and hours, I will be so overwhelmed, but it is nice to have like a couple ideas, save some and then put it away because it becomes a black hole. I could see myself once I make a decision to be like, dang, like in compare, like, oh, that's better. Like, I don't want to get into that headspace either. So I want to feel when I'm going into planning very clear on like what I want and what I expect so that there's less of everybody else's thing fitting into my plans, I guess. Totally. I'm stressed for after my wedding too, which is like, I'm insane that I'm thinking about this, but like after my wedding, I feel like I'm going to see another good wedding and be like, damn, that's a good wedding. I should have done that in my, you know, like I just feel like it's a never, like if it's your one day, it's like a never ending cycle. So like just to mentally cut it off of like, I'm over it. Like this is done. I'm not going to let myself go there. This is it. Like, this is my vision. It's executed. We're good. You guys, it's tough. Wedding plan is hard for all of you. That's like more in it than I am or like closer to it. I am just impressed. Honestly, this conversation has made me more stressed. I don't know what you guys are talking about. (laughs) I'm chilling. We're chill. We're cool. We're chill. Ashley, cannot wait for you to get engaged. It's so fun. Haley, I can't wait for your wedding. Kira, I love looking at your wedding. That happened. (laughs) Thank you guys. This was so fun. Thank you for sharing all of your opinions. I just feel like this is a topic that is stressful for people, whether they're the bridesmaid and their friends are going through this or whether whether they're the bride, which a lot of people are in 2023. So thank you for taking the time and sharing your insights. I think this was so fun. Thank you. This was fun. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I know I sure did. If this episode gave you any value or you're liking the show in general, please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It really makes a huge difference for our show so we can keep growing and bringing the content that you love. If you want more info, you can find us at The Every Girl Podcast on Instagram or theeverygirlpodcast.com. Talk to you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 